I'm going to do for you when you pray. Let's stand and let's just stretch out towards them, okay? something that they don't know what it is until they find you at the end of it all and realize that you were at the beginning just like you said here tonight. That you and you alone are the only ones who say that you and you alone are their only hope. Father, we just build up that hope inside their heart right now that they can take it with them everywhere they go no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation that they come into. That they know that your weakness is stronger than they can ever be. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the opportunity that you've given me to try to influence their lives through your word. Father, I pray that you put your spirit in me as well as in them that we can continue to grow together in you. Father, I thank you for a church that stands together, a group of believers that understands exactly how important it is to teach your word at this It's on.
Thank you very much. I was waiting on him to crank it on up. Um, if you want to, open your Bibles to Habakkuk. Thank you very much. Habakkuk. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Habakkuk. He's going to be a minor prophet, Old Testament, Obadiah, or Nehemiah, somewhere in there. <laughs> Father, speak through me. Yes, Lord. Let me hear what you have to say. Father, let your people hear what you have to say. Help us to believe what you have to say. I thank you for the message. I thank you for the opportunity. Don't let me mess it up. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. How long, O Lord, will I have to suffer? How long will I, the violence before me? Habakkuk begins his book with a cry to God. How long will I have to cry out to you, God, before you listen? How long am I going to have to cry out to you, God, before something happens? How long am I going to have to cry out before you do something? pretty bold statement but just like I said before if you believe in what you pray for you'll get it but if there's any doubt at all you can hang it up Habakkuk believed exactly what he got he believed he would get an answer and that's what he got so Habakkuk cries out to God because he's seeing all these things happening to his people. The people that live in his country. The Israelites. He sees them sinning, and he sees God coming down on them because of their sin. Because things aren't going as well as they should. Right? It's the same way in our lives. When... We have unconfessed sin or unforgiven sin, then things start to become a mess for us too, don't they? Mm -hmm. yep. It's I mean it's it's it it never ends. Yep. We'll do something and we'll repent mm -hmm. and then we'll find something else. Just like the children of Israel. They were caught up in a covetousness of pride and an idolatry of pride. It was all about what they have done now, not what God had done for them. Mm -hmm. And we see it everywhere, everywhere we turn, that's what we're caught up in is pride. We're proud. Look what I did. Look what we did. Look what happened today. See what I just did? See what I just did? See what I just did? No. See what God just did. Habakkuk cried out to God, and he asked God, how long are you going to let this last? How are you going to save your people now, God? 
Well, God answered. He said, okay, Habakkuk, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something in your time that you wouldn't believe even if I told you. I'm going to raise up the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, and they're going to come in, and they're going to swipe all these people, and they're going to take them and take them off as plunder. How you like that? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. There's some vengeance for you. I'm going to strike every one of you down, and the ones I don't strike down, they're going to carry off. God allowed an evil people to come on his chosen people. Let me tell you what. We're God's chosen people, right? Mm -hmm. God allows evil to come on us. God will allow Satan to come into our lives and work on us. It's called being tempted, isn't it? Anybody know how we overcome that temptation? We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our testimony, mm -hmm. praise God. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? But God allows sin, Satan, to come into our lives and work against us for his glory. By the way, don't believe me. But Jesus told Peter, just before he denied him three times, the night before he was crucified, he says, Peter, Satan has come to me and asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that he might not devour you. Did Peter deny Christ three times? Was Satan allowed to work in Peter's life? Was God glorified through Peter's life? Praise God. The word of God is true. So Satan will come into your life. Satan will come and he will do everything that God allows him to do. See, it's kind of like God's got Satan on a leash, right? He defeated him in the cross, okay? Satan, he disarmed the powers and the principalities, mm -hmm. okay? On the cross. He nailed them to the cross. He has disarmed them, yet he still allows Satan to work in our lives. And then we think it's strange and we think it funny when he does. Oh, well, wait a minute. I'm saved. Why is Satan on me now? Huh? What James tell us? Rejoice. He said that when you suffer persecutions, you should praise God. That don't make sense. But you know what? Praise God, because you know that the victory is yours through Christ Jesus. You know that the victory is yours, because he's going to win in the end, okay? And with God, the end is actually the beginning, and the beginning is actually the end. You understand what I'm saying? It's, there's no time frame. We talked about time, so we understand the time frame here. So when he won on the cross, you know what? He already had the victory before he created the creation that he created. Does that make sense to you? He already had the victory because God is sovereign. And that's what I'm here to tell you today is that our God, my God, the God that we love and serve is sovereign. 
Now, how can a sovereign God allow an evil Satan to work in our lives? It's kind of like this. Let's just picture... Forgive me, Lord, this is... Let's take this bowl. Put an ant in the bowl, okay? I just put an ant in the bowl. I'm sovereign over the ant that's in the bowl because I'm bigger, I'm stronger. There ain't nothing that that ant can do that I can't overcome. I'm sovereign over the ant. Now, I put the ant in the bowl, and I stand back and I watch because we have free will, don't we? Mm -hmm. We are free to do whatever it is we please, aren't we? Mm -hmm. To an extent, yes. We have free will. The ant now has free will because that ant can do whatever he wants to do. Now, if he goes to crawl out and I don't stop him, am I still sovereign over the ant? Absolutely, because I can catch him whenever I get ready to and put him back in there. I choose not to keep him in there. Same way God does with us. He chooses not to keep us under his thumb in the bowl. He lets us go and do. However, there's nothing in the bowl to hurt the ant. There's nothing in God to hurt you. But when the ant crawls out of the bowl, the world is there. Dark place that world is. Dark place. You know what makes the world so dark? Somebody tell me Satan. Come on. The thing that makes the world so dark is that we are called to be the light of the world. Yet we take that same bowl that we should be safe in and we turn it upside down. And I'm a little China man. And we put our light under the bowl. We don't love the way we should. We don't treat our brothers in Christ the way we should. We don't treat our own mother the way we should. Okay? If you can't treat your mother the way you should, how in the world do you think you're ever going to treat a sovereign God that loves you so much that he'd go to the cross and die for Mm -hmm. you? Just how sovereign is God? We read this Sunday, and I've got to read it again. You listening back there? We read this Sunday, and we have got to read it again. I can't find it. Go to Colossians. Okay? Chapter 1, God says it. Paul said that God is on a rescue mission. Okay? There's an evil world that we live in. God allows Satan to do stuff to us. But we don't have to be afraid because we serve an awesome God. Okay? Just like when Habakkuk cried out, how long are you going to let this go on? And he says, not very much longer because I'm fixing to send some evil forces against you. And I'll find Colossians in a minute. Thank you very much. Just before 1 Timothy, I mean. 
But he says, at the end of it all, Habakkuk, he says, I don't understand what you're telling me, God. I don't understand how you can send these evil people in to do what you're saying they're going to do. You're a holy God. Like he's got to be reminded. But Habakkuk had to remind himself who God was so that when he got to chapter 2, he could say, I will stand on the watchtower and I will wait for my God to answer me on why you have to do this. I will stand on my watchtower to find out, God, why you're doing this. And God spoke as soon as he said that and told him that the righteous shall live by their faith. Mm -hmm. The righteous shall live by faith. Who's righteous? Anybody in here righteous? Come on, y'all better read. Better read hard. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Yes, you are. Because of what Christ did, that redemption that Christ gave us while he's on that rescue mission, we are holy and blameless in God's eyes. And in my dictionary, holy and blameless, righteousness. We're righteous in God's eyes. Is Brad righteous? Absolutely not. But in the eyes of my God, you're righteous. If you trust in the Lord your God, the righteous shall live by faith. What is faith? Believe in what you don't see, right? Anybody ever seen Jesus? Have you? Jesus. Just, just say that name. Jesus gives us a hope. Jesus gives us a peace that when God allows Satan to enter into our lives and tempt us, that we can surpass it, that we can live through it, that we can live all day long because of it. Because you can't have, just like my wife said, and I'm going to use it too, just you can't have a testimony without a test. Okay? And God's going to give you a test because that test builds perseverance and perseverance strength and so on and so forth. And at the end of it all stands a sovereign God, stands a Lord that is willing to accept you just the way you are because that's the way he loves you, just the way you are, holy and blameless in his eyes when you believe in him, when you trust in him, when you trust in him. I'm getting to Colossians, I promise. But Jesus said that to rob the strong man, the first thing you would have to do would be to tie up the strong man before you can rob him. Then you can take his plunder. You can take his possessions. You can get everything he's got. Okay? I don't know how y'all interpret that, but here's the way God put it on me. That God is the strong man. We are his possessions. The Bible tells us that we are, the love of God shows us what? That we are the children of God. We can be called the children of God. 
And that's exactly what we are. And since we're the children of God, then we're the inheritance, right? We're the rightful heir. We are God's possession. We're his righteous possession. God owns us. God wants us to be with him. God won't let anything overcome us that he hasn't already overcome. Y'all find Colossians yet? Because I hadn't. You got it on the screen. <laughs> it's a rescue mission. Okay? God's on a rescue mission. He sent Jesus for us to be believe in, for us to have faith in, for us to trust in. The reason that we can trust in Him is because He is... He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over creation. I got to find it because it slipped my mind. Forgive me. First Thessalonians, Colossians. The image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and, in, and invisible. Whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that everything might have, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Open your hearts. Open your minds. Look at the words. Study the words. Let it settle in. If the righteous are supposed to live by faith, and our faith is supposed to be in Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the God whom no one has ever seen, the spirit that just was, that created the world, that created everything you, you see, Jesus is that God. He is the image of the invisible God. Let that settle in on you right now. Just take a minute. Praise God that He is the image of the invisible God. Yet in our pride, in our arrogance, in our idolatry, which is detestable to the Lord, He gave Himself that if we would just believe in Him, we would overcome the world. We would overcome the evil that is in the world just by believing in the name Jesus. Doesn't that just blow your mind? Doesn't that just make you want to fall down and cry? 
God, the creator of everything, wants you. Because you can't do anything right, he wants you. Because I can't do anything right, God wants me. It don't make sense. It just don't make sense. So when Satan comes and tries to attack me, and when Satan comes and tries to attack you, and when Satan comes and tries to attack your family members, your brothers, your sisters, your dogs... Okay, I got a guy at work, took his cat to the vet the other day. You don't take cats to the vet, do you? No, too many of them. Mm-hmm. All right? But somehow, some way, I promise you, God will use that cat to glorify himself because that cat was one of God's creations. I shouldn't have said that. What I'm getting at is this, y'all. Understand that there's an evil in the world and that God has the power over that evil and that God allows that evil to work in your life to glorify himself. Okay? Now, if that's not a sovereign God, I don't know what is. To take evil to be glorified through won't the mind of God. Where I mean, come on. To, for God to want to use evil in my life to glorify himself makes me fall down and cry because for him to want to use it means he needs to use it. You understand what I'm trying to say? Is I can't praise God without being put through the test. And that's a sad state for Brad to be in. But I don't think Brad's alone. But I praise God that I can praise God. I praise God that God uses Satan in my life to glorify himself. What we need to realize is that even though this darkness that comes and comes and comes and comes and it comes in so many different ways that God still has a leash on Satan. God still has him on that leash, and he's only going to let him come so far before he runs out of that leash, and he's jerked back. And you're set free for a moment until Satan shakes it off and gets up and says, can I go again? And he says, yeah, hit him again. I like watching. Because just like I put that ant in that bowl, and I was sovereign over that ant, you know, God's got that little magnifying glass on me, and he's saying, yeah, Brad, come on, buddy. Yeah, you've been bad. You really don't have a magnifying glass on you, okay? No magnifying glass. He loves me, just like he loves you. Just like he loves you. Just the way you are. All he asks is that you believe in him. Repent of your sin and believe in him. Sorry about that. So Habakkuk ends in one way. I'm, I'm sorry. Habakkuk ends this way. He hears what God has to do. He has a discussion with God and he prays. And in that prayer, he says, Oh God, you give me hind's feet to stand 
Does anybody know what those hind feet are to stand? Does anybody watch National Geographic or Discovery or have you ever seen a commercial about Dodge with a Hemi in it? That thing got a Hemi in it. You know what commercial I'm talking about? The, the ram or the sheep that they use in those commercials or on those shows. You ever seen one just running and bouncing up the side of a mountain? I mean, just full speed springing up and down that mountain. Have you ever seen one of their feet? They're about that big. Yet they can pounce up that mountain, never stumble, never fall. That's hind's feet. Hind's feet is the hoof feet of a sheep. Or a deer even. Anybody ever seen a deer run off in the woods? How fast they run? How do they not run into those trees? You know? Full speed. Fast as a deer. You know, like John Deere. Fast as a deer. They never hit a tree. They never stumble. They never fall. You know why? Because they have those hind's feet. They have those hoofed, small little feet. And that's what God gives us. So that we can stand. So that we can stand no matter what comes against us. So that we can stand no matter where it comes against us, no matter where we are when it comes against us, we can stand. We can stand. We can stand. And we don't just stand alone on our own in our pride and our arrogance and what we can do. We can stand in Christ. In Christ alone. I get it now. Mm -hmm. We can stand in Christ alone. That is how we stand. That's the only way you can stand. Any other way, you'll stumble and fall. In John chapter 3, and the reason why, the re John chapter 3, verse 18, go ahead. The reason why God had me lead John to sing in Christ alone, and the reason why we're doing this tonight, because, like I said, the targets are everywhere. Y'all are under attack. You know that. You're under attack. You know that. Everybody understands that. The reason we're under attack, he's bringing it out of Habakkuk, which is a very solid point. The reason he's bringing it out of Habakkuk is because Israel had misbehaved. Israel had sin. Israel had darkness. And in Christ alone, now you read my email yesterday. We're going to learn about darkness. And in that darkness, the only way to overcome it is through Christ. And verse 18 reads, He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Get this. The total belief of Christ the total belief in Christ is summed up in this, and understanding Christ in his entirety and who he is and who he embodies. And in Christ alone, if you have tried to add anything to what Christ has done and who Christ is and what Christ is accomplishing in your life, it will fail miserably. That's why darkness is the way it is today. That's why darkness overcomes you because the 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 Christ that wants to be in you in entirety you're holding out because of something that's dark that's in your life look at verse 19 this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil what we're trying to what God is saying is real clear 
You have accepted the darkness and do not prefer the light. If you remember months ago when we turned the lights down, your eyes adjusted to it, didn't they? Your eyes adjusted to it. You can stand outside in, at midnight and stand there long enough and your eyes will adjust where you can start seeing, er, seeing things. You can't see everything. And so this is why darkness has supremacy. This is why darkness is winning in the United States of America against our children, against us. It's because the total entirety of Christ, we haven't taken it to hold. We haven't grasped it, grasped it and said, you know what, in Christ alone, my hope is found. He's my rock. He's my shield, right? Okay, and also the last verses that we sing in this song, no power of hell and no scheme of man. You see, this song is depicting exactly what Christ, what God is saying about what we're under attack. The power of hell and the schemes of man. When we're under the schemes of man, these are subtle things that we fall for, subtle things that we fall into that we don't address. Because we haven't believed in Christ in his entirety. Yes, we put the faith, we put enough faith in him to believe him for our salvation and to keep us and all of these different things. But when it comes down to the, every aspect of our lives, we hold back. We hold back. Each one of us sitting in here have something, has something about the word of God that we're not fully addressing in our lives, that we're not fully submitting to in our lives. I have it. You have it. We all have it. That's part of the sanctification process. And God is working on us to set us to, to get us set apart for him. But he we have to let go of the things, the dark things that we so truly enjoy. Last night in Bible study, we spent time talking about marijuana, didn't we? Everybody's like, what's going on now? What's going on on Tuesday nights over in Sulphur Springs? We're talking about wacky weed. Well, we were talking about marijuana. We spent some time, time to understand that man has accepted the fact that, hey, we, have, we take the state of Colorado that approved marijuana. Okay? It's illegal, to, it's legal to smoke marijuana. But what they missed was what? That if you go and try to get a job with that marijuana in your system, they ain't going to hire you, are they? So, you know, we, we take certain aspects of darkness and want it in our lives, but then we don't realize how that darkness later on hinders our lives. You see, but when you take the full body of Christ and, 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 and let him embody you in your sanctification, he who believes, look at verse 18 again, he who believes in him is not judged. Is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. What does that mean? That means if you believe, God has seen that you've accepted what God has said about you. The one who does not believe is being judged and saying, you haven't accepted what I've, what I've said about you. So verse 19 follows up in this respect. This is the judgment. Now, understand, this is not the judgment, but this is the judgment. In other words, God has stepped back and he's assessed man. He's assessed world, the world. And he says, the world need, is dark and it needs light. That was the judgment that he made. It's kind of like you look at your car and you judge whether or not it needs to be washed or not, don't you? Right? You, you listen to your stomach and you say, well, it's talking to me a little bit. I need to make a judgment call and see if I need to eat tonight or not. Right? This is what God did. God looked at the world and said, and looked at man and said, this is the judgment. You are dark. We need light. So guess what I'm going to do? 
Let's read the verse of the rest of verse 19. The light has come into the world and men love the darkness. So God said this. He said, the world is dark and it's full of sin and it needs light. That light is going to be Jesus Christ. And he's coming to the world. And the people, they looked at the light and they said, I really like my wacky weed more than I do that. See, this is the struggle with darkness. This is what's putting a target on your back. Because as each one of you sitting in here strives more towards the light, the darkness doesn't like that. And so the darkness introduces more things to try to keep you in darkness. Well, no matter what it might be. You know, I pick on John all the time about catching uh, Fluff and, and Puff the Magic Dragon and all them other guys, whatever it is. Okay, whatever it is. You know, what, it, what, what is it? Huh? Yo, he don't fluff the magic dragon. I'm sorry. Yeah, he don't. I'm sorry. That was wacky week. I'm sorry. John doesn't do drugs. Okay. My apologies. What is the thing called? Uh, Pokemon. That's what it is. I pick on him all the time about that. Okay. And that's one more thing. Mom, I'm a, I'm a, I even knew that one and I forgot what it was. You hear that recording is corrected now. It is fixed. Erase that. Delete. Here's what it, but here, here's what it is. It's still something that's introduced into your life. Okay? It's still something that's introduced into your life. And when it gets introduced into your life, then you have, you're faced with, wow, is this going to consume me or not? Is this going to overcome what God has done in my life or not? Am I going to allow it to do that? See, if you're truly God's, it won't do that. It will stop. Because you'll say, no, I'm not God. I, I, I prefer the light. I don't prefer the darkness. You, listen carefully. Because we've got a lot of people here that have walked down this road and they face the same darkness you faced. The same darkness. That's why this man preaches to you every week because he's faced the same darkness you faced. And in Christ alone, in Christ alone is the only way you're going to overcome it. And, ad and adults, same thing. You know, I always often tell Bonnie, you know, we're, we're getting older. We're in our heading towards our mid-50s. And she'll say, I know, I just told everybody's age, got it. So, well, I mean, you know, hey, it's part of it. I mean, look, I mean, uh, age is a blessing, so let's get over it. Let's get past it, okay? It happens. You're not going to have Benjamin Butts disease all your life, okay? You will not... Benjamin Button. Button. I am got it going on today, don't I? Button's disease. Benjamin Button. But at least I knew what I was talking about. But you're not going to have that. But understand, what happens is when you get to that point, and, you know, well, this is hurting now. Well, that's hurting now. Well, this is going on now. That's hurting. That's hurting. And I, I have to explain to her, and she explains to me, you know what, this is the first time I've been 53. So I don't know what to, what's supposed to happen, right? How, how do you know what it feels like to be 70 if you've never been there? Somebody can tell you all day long, right? That's what it was for them. It doesn't have to be that for you. But as you get there, so this is what happens. Things introduce into your life, and darkness will try to change how you handle those things. But when you take the body of Christ, when you take Christ, and it says, he that believes in him, you fully, when belief is full embodiment, 
There's no doubt about anything that is said about him. There's no doubt. There's not a hint of darkness about who Jesus is. See, you can't be in the dark about anything about God and try to live in the light. Okay? In other words, you can't have your opinion about what you think God approves of and think that's light. You got to get your light from the light. You can't get your light from man's opinion. So in Christ alone, no power of hell and no scheme of man. Man is going to try to give you your, your, his version of light. And his version will always have a hint of darkness in it. Man's version will always have a hint of darkness in it. But the man that preaches and teaches and speaks through the Holy Spirit of God, the person, the you, the saved people that teaches and preaches through the Holy Spirit of God, there's no darkness in there because you're seeking out those things. But that darkness will creep in. You know, me and um, Brother Kent, we talk often, and, you know, 70% of the United States claims to be a Christian. They claim to be Christian. Christian. 70% of the United States claims to be Christians. If that's a true statistic, what should we look like? Huh? What should we look like? We should be the brightest thing on the planet, shouldn't we? If 70% of us, what if that number is in the church? What, you know, most, 100% of the people that sit in the church probably think they're okay, or at least 95% of them, and so it should be the brightest place. And, and but how can we be a nation of Christians with so much darkness that's abounding? in our laws, in our activities, in what we support, in our decisions, in everything. This is not a political statement. This is helping you to understand that, you know what, we have, because they're claiming to be Christians, they have a belief in Christ, but they don't believe in him. They don't fully embrace everything about him. And if you don't, and so that's why darkness is here, because they don't fully embody the belief. And if you are treading in that darkness, you haven't fully embodied it. I'm not saying you're going to hell. I'm saying that's where the battle lies. Okay? And in verse 20, for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. The roaches only come out when the lights are out, don't they? And when you flip the light on, the roaches bug out, don't they? All right? Don't they? That's what happens. Roaches scatter when they hit the light. It's like, hey, you're not supposed to know I'm here. It's kind of how we live our secret lives, right? Hey, you're, uh, wait a minute. You ever ran into a Christian at the, in, in the liquor aisle? And both of you looking at each other? Uh, I'm getting that. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting that. Liquor doesn't send you to hell, does it? Liquor doesn't send you to hell. But it can be a stumbling block, can it, for someone else? See, that's the darkness that we have to address. That's the darkness that we have to talk about. 
And when you, when you want to hold on to your things, that secret thing that you really like and you really enjoy, more so than you want to accept what Christ has to say about it, because keep in mind, what did God say? What did God say in verse 19? This is the judgment. You see, the reason the light is here is because God viewed that you were lacking something. God viewed that you were lacking something. And you had that darkness, and he has to get the darkness out. He has to. He doesn't have an option. Because in the new Jerusalem, in the new heaven and new earth, guess what? There's not going to be any darkness. There won't be a need of the sun because the sun can cast a shadow. won't be any need of the moon because the moon can cast a shadow. But God's light will fill the earth. I mean, fill this new Jerusalem. There won't be any darkness. There won't be anything that you can look under and find a shadow. It's going to be that light. And that light is going to be provided through Christ. And the only way you can get it is through Christ and in Christ alone and fully embodying what God has determined about you. Okay? This is why... This is why, we see, our target at Sulphur Spring is getting bigger and bigger, y'all. Why is that? Why is our target getting bigger at Sulphur Spring? Why are we, bec- we becoming bigger targets to the world? Why? Somebody answer that question. You're drawing closer to God. How do we know we're drawing closer to God? Tell me why. Huh? We're becoming a target, but how do you know? How do you know? I mean, you, yeah, we're becoming a target. The target is telling us we're, be- we're becoming more closer to God because we're becoming uh, we're coming under attack. But what is happening to the body as we get attacked? What is happening? We're growing stronger. Thank you, Miss Margie. There's strength in there. All of a sudden, things that used to cause a church split cause us to come together. Right. Things that used to, you know, hey, I, I can't go talk to him about that. He, you know, things that used to hurt your feelings don't anymore. You can go and approach someone now, not everyone, but you can go and approach someone and say, hey, I found this error or whatever, and we can discuss it and not fight about it. You see? So Satan doesn't like that. The unity is, but you see, God tells us. See, this is how the light gets brighter, y'all. And this is what makes us more of a target. This is what makes us more of a target for what? For darkness, different things, different, different situations come up. And guess what? When the old stuff don't get you, he'll try to come up with some new stuff to get you. That's why you have to have your armor on. That's why you have to fully believe in what Christ is saying about us, about himself and that in him alone. So the scheme, because the schemes are going to come. The scheme, the tricks are going to come and they're going to keep coming and the tricks are going to get better and better and better and better. The stronger you get, the better the tricks are going to be and the, and the more holier the things are going to look and the more accepting we're going to be towards different things. And y'all, I will tell you this right now. We have to look at things under more scrutiny now than we ever have before when they come about, because if we don't, we will fall into a snare because they will be right and they will become more subtle. Keep in mind. Does cancer come in like a bullet? Or does it creep in as a s- exactly cancer does not. Co- you, when you've been shot, you know, you've been shot, don't you? Not that anyone's been shot here, but you know what I mean. But. 
How does a cold start? And you'll go hours or days without even taking anything or even praying about it. Right? It can start as it starts. It can snort as a sneeze. It can start as a sneeze. It can snort as a sneeze. What happens when you graduate Pell City High School? <laughs> you get middle age. It starts happening, don't it? <laughs> so, so, so understand what darkness is trying to do in your life. Darkness is trying to keep the light out and trying to keep you from progressing. Okay? And God, in his love and infinite wisdom, has stood back and said, you need more light. So he'll put you in places to make you get more light. He'll, he'll, he'll help you. He doesn't want to hurt you. He'll help you to get that light. But sometimes the help hurts. Sometimes it's painful to hear. It's very painful to hear something that will help you. When the doctor told me, when he told me, he said, David, I need you to lose some weight so you won't stroke out. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, doctor. The doctor didn't tell me that my skin color was a beautiful tone. He said, David, you need to lose weight. And that's what I needed to hear. And when I went home and started flipping through the family photo album and I looked and I saw a picture of me sitting out in a chair. It's one of the old camping chairs. And that, I know y'all heard this before, but that chair that I was sitting in, the seat of it was that far from the top of the grass. And the grass was cut. And I'm out there looking tired and looking like, wheezing like a dying animal. And immediately, and Bonnie can tell you, I mean, it clicked like that. This stuff went away. I mean, within 30 days, I lost 28 pounds. Praise God. You see, that was light injected. And then I believed what he said about me. So you're looking at a man that used to weigh 300 pounds that don't no more. Okay. It's, but, but keep in mind, it, it, yeah, those 28 pounds went off in 30 days, but over a four-year period, I lost 101 pounds. So it took its time. But I had to do the work. I had to do the work. I went from a size 42 to a size 34. Then I came here, and I went up to a size 36. <laughs> Thank y'all. I had to put a stop on it. You know, I had to become passive. Stop feeding me, right? You get it? The dark to keep the darkness out, you got to fully believe in everything that Christ, that God is saying, and the reason why He sent the light. Okay? So, what we're going to do now, and I want to thank Brad. I want to thank, I want to, we, I had a time to pray for the youth because we often, we always don't pray for the adults, we pray for the youth because you know what? Every person here, whether they speak to you or not or know you or not, they know that, guess what? The baton is, is going to be given to you. And you have to be equipped. And you cannot afford to fall for the schemes of man. And bless your hearts, the schemes directed at you are greater than anything I've ever faced. 
anything that this whole group has ever faced, they're greater now. The lights are brighter, okay? The gadgets are fancier. The distractions are prettier and even more affordable. But don't let it cost you the light. Did y'all hear that? Okay? So, guess what we're going to do now? We're going to sing in Christ alone again. Because we're going to leave here on that note knowing where our strength lies. And then afterwards, John will edit all the puff and the butt stuff that I said. Please edit that stuff out. Listen, I tell you what, y'all preach long enough. Stand there and talk, keep talking long enough, and you'll say some of them flubs too. It'll happen. I got to do this all day, every day. <laughs> Guess what? It don't come out pretty every time, doesn't it? It don't do it. Yes.